Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning, praying that everyone is well, that everyone is warm. Uh, what a, a nice surprise. These are March snowstorms are kind of tough because we're so close to spring, but yet so far. Amen. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's really a, a challenge. Amen. Again, I just want to do a quick plug-in for our Bible study. I know Pastor Reggie mentioned it. Please come out to our Bible studies. Um, our desire should be to grow in the Lord. Amen. Our Bible studies here on Friday from uh, 7 to 8.30. Please come out. We have an awesome time discussing God's word. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for our word. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, O oh Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord God, for the uh, ability, Lord God, to seek you, Lord Jesus. To seek you, Lord God, among brothers and sisters that love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, so many times during the week we rub shoulders and elbows with people who don't know you, Lord God. So what a refreshing way it is, Lord God, that we might rub uh, shoulders and elbows with people who do love you, Lord God. So thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to come here on Wednesdays, on Fridays, oh God, on Sundays, oh God, to be around like-minded people, oh God. This is your church, Lord Jesus, your bride, hallelujah. You gave your life for her, Lord God. And your word says, oh God, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, oh God. Oh, Lord God, we know, Lord God, that no matter what pandemic, no matter what political unrest, hallelujah, your church marches on, Lord Father. And we are trusting you, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord God, will take care of us. And no matter what happens economically, Lord God, in America, Lord God, around the world, it will not touch your people, Lord God, because you will provide for your people. You are our shepherd. You are our strong tower, Lord God. And your, and your word says the, the righteous run into it, and they are safe, Lord God. And we are trusting you for provisions, Lord God, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, let's stand for the reading of the word. Uh, we're reading uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 to 22. And then we're going into 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the, of the uh, word. Again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses uh, 22 through 25, and then we're going to go into 2 Peter, verses 1 through 10. Amen. And the word of the Lord says, since you, verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by, man, by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones and being built up a spiritual house, 
a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The title for today's message is Holy Living in a Polluted World. Holy Living in a Polluted World. And as you know, brothers and sisters, the world is polluted. Amen. The world is in utter disaster. Amen. But yet God has called us to live in a polluted world. But although we live in a polluted world, we are to be holy. We have to live holy lives. In these days of spiritual pollution, God calls his church to rise above the world's pollution and reminds the church who are we to be in this world. In other words, brothers, it says that no matter how good, bad, or ugly it gets out there, we need to remember who we are. Peter writes to the churches in modern-day Turkey, admonishing them that they must live righteously and full of faith amid great persecution and Roman corruption. See, brothers and sisters, there are three indicators that are evident in a believer that has been purified by his or her obedience to the truth of the word of God. First, the obedience to the truth shows itself outwardly in our sincere love for the brethren. We cannot say that we are obedient to God, brothers and sisters. We cannot say that the gospel of Jesus Christ has purified our hearts, have washed us, when we do not show love for the brethren. If we go back to Peter chapter 1, we're going to be just going back to the scriptures again. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses uh, 22. He says clearly, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Peter tells the church, it's not enough to love your brother and your sister with what the, the Greek word is philolophios, love, which in Greek means just brotherly love. One, uh, one has to love their brother with an agape love. Peter tells the church that their brotherly love is just the beginning. You see, brothers and sisters, when we come to Christ, who, who, who cannot love their brother? That, that comes with the territory. Um, if, if we... Uh, care for our co-workers who don't know the Lord, if we care for our family members who don't know the Lord, that's awesome. That's beautiful. However, it cannot stay there. It says, they must now love each other in an agapeo love, which comes from the Greek word agape, which means to esteem love, indicating a direction of the will, 
and finding one's joy in something or someone. In other words, the love we should feel for one another is a love that would esteem the other more than yourself. That's tough. Because how many excuses we make for us not to love our brother? How many excuses we make not to esteem our brother better themselves? We even use Christianese. We even uh, take scriptures out. We pull them out of, out of context to prove to ourselves that it's okay not to love our brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 5 verse, 20, verse 24 in the New Living Translation, I believe that's on the screen. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Even in the times of the early church, when there was disagreement among the, uh, among the brethren, the apostles' desire was to reconcile themselves. To reconcile themselves. Paul writes to the Colossian church, uh, chapter uh, Colossians chapter 3, Verses 12 to 14, it says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, hallelujah, you must close yourself with tender-hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance, verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close yourself with love. It doesn't say close yourself with pity, close yourself with good sentiment. No, close yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Hallelujah. There needs to be harmony among us. Jesus Christ cannot operate with just this unity, where there is uh, problems, issues, resentment, bitterness. We need to be bonded together, brothers and sisters, in that perfect harmony. Harmony. And again, I'm not only talking to the other world church, I'm talking to the church universal. Amen. I believe that this is a loving church. However, uh, however, at times we struggle with that because we come from a world that if you don't do this for me, I won't do this for you. We even treat God uh, that way sometimes. Oh, I, I uh, like that Pharisee said, I give uh, tithes, I do this, I give uh, to the poor, Lord. Now you owe me. Like we learned on, on Friday in our Bible study, God does not owe us anything. He gives us significance. In other words, without God, you have no significance. Amen? That's why it's important to come for Friday night Bible study. I'll leave it at that. Okay? That's just a little commercial. Right, Pastor? <laughs> John, John writes in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 in the, New, in the New King James Version. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. It is said, our love for our brothers and sisters is bound to the word of God and the heart of God. The way we love each other is through his word and through the heart of God. We cannot say that we are in the word of God or have the heart of God. When we don't esteem our brothers and sisters more than ourselves. Amen. In other words, it has to be a willful act. Another reason to love our brothers and sisters, like I just said, uh, church, 
is willfully is that we are, another thing is that we are born again and this new birth is a gift from God through his living and eternal word. We can't do this in our flesh. But as Christians who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, who have the Holy Spirit in us, we can do it. God will not ask us to do something that he has not empowered us to do. But we do not want to tap into it at times. It's there. Like I said, we could, go, we could pull up to the gas station, but if we don't get off, unless you're in New Jersey where they, have, uh, where they uh, pump the gas for you, the gas won't get inside the car. When we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we accepted his gospel, he made us complete. He gave us everything we need to live a godly life. But are we tapping into it? Are we allowing the Lord to move it inside of us? Like I've said before, 75% of Americans say they are born-again Christians. So why there's so much drama and so much problems? Because deep down inside, we feel we're better than someone else. Because either of race, because of our economic stature, because of where we live, because we're right and everyone else is wrong. We need to leave those things. The devil loves those things. You see, the devil doesn't have to do much when we're doing it to ourselves. Like Pastor Angelo says, self-inflicting wounds. The Bible says, a house, Jesus, a house divided cannot stand. And sometimes God wants to work his miracles. I still believe in a God of miracles, brothers and sisters. I still believe in a God that heals. I believe in a God that delivers. Hallelujah. I believe in a God that restores marriages. That restores families. But are we giving him, not that he needs the environment because he doesn't need anything. But are we allowing him to work first in our hearts? Sometimes we're worried about God working in someone else's heart. But we need to have him work his, work his life in us. Like the song says, it is me, 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 O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Do not expect for someone else to change. Worry about yourself in the love of the Lord. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Even Peter, if you guys remember the story while he was in, uh, when, when Jesus was talking to him in the book of John. As he was walking away, Jesus, uh, John followed them. And what did Peter say? What about this guy? What are you going to do with him? And what did Jesus say? Don't worry about him. If I want him to live forever, that's up to me. In other words, why do we worry about so many other people? The enemy distracting us with drama, with problems. No, we have to focus in us. Because we individually are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. Amen? So we have to remember that. We have to willfully love our brothers and sisters. Peter also says in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 23 to 24, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is, is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass wither, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. One, com one commentary says, the whole point of this quotation is that everything including human existence, is transitory. 
in contrast to the permanent word of God. Brothers and sisters, life is short. We are but, but a vapor. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. What, people, what your brothers and sisters will remember of us is what we do today. Now that we have received God's word and is now evident in our love for our brothers and sisters, now, now there's another indicator that the, that the uh, word of God has been purified in us, that we are obedient to his word. Peter says in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Verse 25, the, the latter part of that scripture says, now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. That word, word, in that part of the scripture is the word rhema. Is the word rhema. The word which is spoken, a statement, a word, particularly a word as uttered by a living voice. That's the word that sometimes comes to us when we're struggling. When we're, when we don't know what to do, we remember a hymn. We remember a word that was spoken. We remember a devotion. That word is used in Matthew uh, chapter 26, verse 75, that says in the New King James Version, it says, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. It's that word. So Peter is saying, Remember that word that was spoken to you. Rhema is a word of remembrance that comes from God in a, in a word, through God's word, like I said, in a hymn, that comes to our mind when we need it most. It reminds us of a promise, a correction. Amen. I believe God is correcting us. Or oh, a word of encouragement. Peter is telling the church to remember the gospel that was spoken to them through the apostles. To know that that gospel has been preached to you. Peter goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice. You see, that's the second part, repentance of sin. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy and envy, and all evil speaking. So not only are we to show, uh, not only are we to show evidence that the word of God has washed us, that his word has cleansed us, that now we are obedient, our outward um, expression is not only in loving our brothers and sisters, but also, secondly, in repenting from our sins. The word of God says laying aside. Laying aside means wipe off the dirt. Take off. Stop doing something that is considered evil. Brothers and sisters, let's stop doing things that we know that are evil and make excuses for them. Take off the old clothes. You see, the world does that. That's why we need to live holy in a polluted world. Sometimes we claim we are born again, but we are do, using the same tactics that the world uses. We step on people. We hold grudges. God cannot work in our lives that way. That's why there's no, at times there's no power. There's no authority. Because we're living double lives. But yet, Peter is telling the church, wipe off the dirt. Take it off. Stop doing something that's considered evil. Take off your old clothes. And it's funny. When we come to the Lord, he did all that already. But now there's that process of sanctification that we need to consider, continue knowing the Lord. And as we hear his voice through his word, we, continue, we start being obedient. So what is malice? Wickedness as an evil habit of the mind. The endeavor to do evil to others. 
emanate from being early evil. Many of us, before we came to the Lord, that's all we did. All we did was thinking of evil, come in and come out. Now people say, a human being thinking of evil all the time? Yes. Yes. Remember, without God, we are evil. There's nothing good in us. But yet when we come to the Lord and we struggle or, or we have a confrontation with a brother and sister or we have issues with the word or there's a correction that comes, instead of us putting off these things, wiping the dirt off that's trying to creep up on us, we start enjoying it. We start uh, working in it. Why? Because our own nature tries to creep up. It's funny how many people could be smoke-free for 25 years and in one uh, a puff of smoke could bring them back to being addicted to cigarettes again. And that's the way is the Christian. To see. What is the see? To bait. Metaphorically, generally, fraud, guile, deceit, craftiness, and trickery. How many of us have been manipulators in the world? And now when things happen among us, we try to go back to those tactics of manipulation. We have to resist that. We have to trust that God will take care of our situation. We cannot go back and get down and dirty. We have to be careful. Many of us practice deceit. Many, many of us were liars. Many of us were manipulated. All those things we were, but they try to creep up. Hypocrisy, to pretend. Insincerity by virtue or pretending to have qualities or beliefs that you really do not have. In other words, stop acting spiritual. Stop acting spiritual. God knows you're faking the funk. God knows. God knows when I'm faking it. Many times he's corrected me. And I try to ignore, oh, I'm only human, Lord. No, yes, he knows you're human, but it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to be those living stones. It's time for us to not get polluted and entangled with the world. Amen? Just because you're struggling, you do, you, uh, just because you struggle or, or you have doubts or, 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 or certain things uh, try to shake you. When someone asks you, brother or sister, how are you feeling? Don't give them the Christianese answer. Maybe you want to tell them, brother, can you pray for me? Can you show vulnerability to someone else? That is so difficult. I remember in, uh, in, um, in these past two years, I remember that I had to come before the Lord. And I've said this many times and say and tell the Lord, I am afraid. I'm like, dude, you're a PK. You're a pastor's kid and you never told God that you're afraid? Because there's pride in us. Even before the Lord who knows everything. When the word says that before a word comes into our mouth, he already knows it. So let's be honest with one another. You see, that's when the healing comes. When we could talk to one another. And yes, some of us have better relationships than others, right, with our brothers and sisters. But those who have an intimate and closer relationship with them, uh, with them talk to them. Pray for me. If you want to go into, into the details, just pray for me, brothers and sisters. The Lord knows where I'm going through. Envy. Spite or resentment towards the success or possessions of another. We have to be careful. If the Lord is, is, is blessing our brothers and sisters, let's be happy for them. Let's not envy. 
Let's not murmur and complain. How did they get that? How did they do that? Who gave him permission to do that? Oh, he must be close to Pastor Reggie. Or he must be, I'm, I've been around a while. You know? Oh, he gets a special bagel because he's close to Richie. You know? It's true. <laughs> you know? But if that's the case, oh, well. Mind your business. Be happy with those who are successful. Amen? Be happy. I know Yvette drives a, a big truck, and I'm like, wow, that is awesome. But I'm not going to envy it. You know, <laughs> I'm happy for her that she has a big truck like that. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I would like one too. It's, it's a military thing, right, guys? Right, Adrian? Kijemo? Corey? It's a, it's a military thing to have that truck, you know? But I have a, but I have a, a nice Camry, you know? And it's okay. Amen. The next one is evil speaking. Abusive words falsely spoken that damage a person's reputation. Slander, backbiting, or gossiping. Brothers and sisters, do not take the bait. Do not allow anyone to speak abusively of your brothers or sisters in Christ. Of anyone, especially those in the church. Stop them. Because God is everywhere. The Holy Spirit listens to everything. We have to be careful. If you don't know the details, shut up. If you don't know the, just be quiet. Let God handle it. See, God judges. God is the one that knows all things. All we could do is pray. Yes, there's time to correction. Yes. But even in our correcting, it should be to help to esteem the person more than ourselves. We shouldn't be happy bringing correction. We shouldn't be happy in trying to uh, make things right. Or we shouldn't uh, find enjoyment in, in, uh, in, in making people feel bad or proving your point. That's not the heart of God. Because he could do that to us, right? Every time we mess up, he could zap us. He could take us out. But his love is eternal. His love is forbearing. You know, sometimes I say, Lord, when are you coming back? Look at what's happening, Lord. And the Lord, is, and the Lord puts in my heart, let me handle it. I love. I give chances. I give opportunities. These sins are done by us to others and keep us from going spiritually. I was talking to a brother about this list, and he mentioned that to me. So these sins that we just spoke, we do it to each other. And it keeps us from growing. Um, Augustine, one of our early church fathers says, In the early days of his struggle towards the truth, Augustine made a prayer. Lord, save me from my sins, but not quite yet. Then sometimes after he prayed, Lord, save me from all my sins except one. And then came the final prayer, Lord, save me from all my sins and save me now. It was, it was when he made that final decision against evil that the victory was his. There is no joy and strength and for that matter, no peace like that which visits the soul which has taken an unconquerable resolve against what is evil. Amen? Amen. So now the third indicator. The third indicator that God's word has purified us is a desire to grow spiritually. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 to 3 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted, the Lord is gracious. 
newborn, newborn babies desire their mother's milk. It put, the mother's milk, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you know that, but I, I did some research. It protects against diseases like diabetes and cancer. It protects from infections. You see, the word of God, it protects us from infections, spiritual infections. And mother's milk is, is easily digested. You see, when we go to the word of God, when we study the word of God, when we desire to go in the word of God, we are able to digest those things. Why? Because the spirit that is in us helps us. The word desire means to long, to desire strongly and persistently. It's not only to desire on Sundays. It's not only to desire when you feel it, when you don't feel it. How many of us go to work when we don't feel it? Oh, yeah, it's okay. We're all in this together, right? So why is it that when it comes to the word of God and to church, we only come when we feel it? God is going to call us to account. You see, it is God that gave you that job. It is God that gave you breath. It is God that gives you the ability. It is God that makes that car work. It is God that allows those roads to be plowed. So why can we just come at least once a week and enjoy his presence among the brethren for an hour and a half? Out of the 40 hours that we work, why can we just be here just an hour and a half? We're no rush. See, I love football. So I love my 1 o'clock game, my 4 o'clock game, my 8 o'clock game, my Monday night game, and my Thursday night game. How many hours is that? That's at least 12 hours of football. And when I'm in church, I'm like, oh, my Lord, can't wait to see my Jets. God knows those things. And I don't want to make light of it, but think about it. Where are your priorities? Where are your priorities? That's why sometimes God, God allows that velvet vice to kind of squeeze us a little bit, to get us our focus back on him. You see, the word to grow means to add, to grow, to increase. Once we taste and see that the Lord is good, it's awesome because that word taste means pleasure and experience. One commentator says, we experience his goodness firsthand as we appropriate or take possession of God's word in our lives. Hallelujah. The tasting of his goodness produces adoration, a willingness to draw near to God. Why do we worship? Because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, that he is gracious. That's why if you're struggling, if you're struggling in worshiping God during worship service, there's something happening. You are not tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. In one of the handbooks, uh, um, according to the uh, first uh, letter of Peter, the experience of believers, excuse me, the experience believers have of the Lord's goodness through the message of the word, that is the gospel, and through their fellowship with one another. You see, we experience God's goodness not only through his word, brothers and sisters, but through our fellowship with one another. That's why I, I am glad that this um, pandemic thing is out of the way and it's time for the church to come back to the church. It is time for us to come together and fellowship and worship just like iron sharpens iron. We need to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. God still loves his church. He still has not given up his church. When the, word of God, uh, when the word of God purifies us and it's evident in our obedience, so it causes us to first love our brother and sister. Secondly, it gives us a desire to continually repent from our sins. And thirdly, it produces a longing for spiritual growth in the word of God. These evidence or fruits now draw us to Jesus Christ 
who is the living stone. Peter tells the church in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to, to God through Jesus Christ. So we love our brothers. We are wiping off, off the sin um, out of our lives with the Holy Spirit's help. We want growth. So what happens now? We could draw now near to God. Amen. James tells the church in James chapter 4 verse 8 in the New King James Version. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. As a priest approach the altar of sacrifice, we must also draw near to come, to come close to God. The living stone, Jesus Christ, that has been rejected by mankind, God chooses to build the new Christian community as the people as the new people of God. What Israel was supposed to be for the nation, now Jesus Christ has chosen his precious bride, hallelujah, the church as the new people of God. There should be some honor to that. There should be some uh, a pep in your step, hallelujah, that you were chosen, that while everyone else gave up on you, while everyone doesn't see anything on you, God chose you, hallelujah, to be that church, to be that people. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says, Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means, by, excuse me, will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Why do we stumble? Why did the early church, those in the early church that Peter was talking about, talking to, uh, stumble? Because they were simply disobedient to the word to which they were uh, appointed to. In other words, God has appointed us to this word. The reason we struggle is because we're not here. Yeah, we're here, but when we go home, let me, let me shove this under my PlayStation 5. Oh, let me shove this under here, under there. No, we need to be, like the Bible says, babes desiring this milk. Because as we desire this milk, now we are that stone. Amen? I came across this statement. The cause of this stumbling is now mentioned. They did not believe in the word. They did not believe is literally meaning they disobeyed. But unbelief and disobedience are very closely linked together, with disobedience being an outward expression of unbelief. When you do not obey, it's because you do not believe. Because if you believe, you will what? Obey. That's why James was head on with the church. Wash your hands, you double-minded. Don't, don't come to me, you know, um, to, uh, to the Lord, not to me, because I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. But don't come uh, to the Lord, uh, you know, with, with the Christianese. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed coming out. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I serve in the Lord uh, who owns the cattle of a thousand hills and all that stuff. That's all fine and dandy. But if there's disobedience in your heart, you're not believing that. Amen.
Praise and worship team, yes, Lord. I'll be, I'm almost done, Lord. Praise and worship team. <laughs> Peter now ends in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10 in the New King James Version. But you are a chosen generation. Hallelujah. Just think about that. Many of us weren't chosen for the team. <laughs> Many of us weren't chosen as prom kings or prom queens. Many of us weren't chosen at work. But that doesn't matter because he has chosen you. A royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Queen Elizabeth has nothing on us. A holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10 says, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Brothers and sisters, you and I are chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, so we can proclaim his praises. Brothers and sisters, we cannot expect for the world, the media, or the government to proclaim his praises. We are his church, his bride. We are given the privilege to bring glory to his name and to show him off by the way we live in this decaying generation. To those who might be looking for their identity in other avenues, but not in God, you are wasting your time. You see, without God as Peter wrote, we're nobody. Stop looking for your identity in other people, in what, in what you wear, in what you do. God has already given you an identity. God has already given you significance because you deserve it. No, just because. Because he simply loves you. Our identity has to be in Christ. He makes us a somebody church. Today, let us ask ourselves, what is evident in my life? What is the evidence that I have that I've been purified by God's word and I'm obedient to his word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. What keeps me from being that somebody God has called me to be? What keeps me from drawing to God, from, will, from willingly loving my brothers and sisters in the community of Christ? Have I harbored sin or made excuses for sin in my life? Am I growing in the Lord through his word or am I stuck spinning my wheels? Paul writes to the church in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Amen. Let's stand, church. Let's stand.
I really don't know everyone here. Amen. Uh, I believe this is we all church family. But I just wanted to give an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, I mean, we, we, want, we don't want to assume that everyone knows Jesus here. Amen. We don't want to assume that everyone is saved. So we would like to give this opportunity if you do not know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. If something that was spoken touched your heart and you know that you've been looking for your identity in other things, in people, places, or things, and you have come to a dead end, because that's what's going to happen, brothers and sisters. Regardless of what you see on the media, regardless of what you see in TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, they're not happy. They're not happy. They're lost. Because they're seeking their identity and their worth in something that can't give it to them. But I'm telling you today, Jesus Christ could give you that worth. Jesus Christ can give you that strength. You don't need people. You need him. Amen. And he's calling you today. He is calling you today. He wants you and him to reason together. Accept what he says about sin. Why is it important for us to accept what he says about sin? Because he loves us. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be entangled. He doesn't want us to be dirty. So if you do not know Jesus Christ today, today is the day. If you have backslidden for whatever reason, today is the day. He's called you, for those who are backslidden, a holy priesthood. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Royalty. And sometimes the world makes us feel that we're missing out when we're not. Remember who you are in this world. Remember who you are in this world. Jesus Christ paid a price. Paid a price. Amen. To give us an identity. Amen. So if there's anyone here, raise your hands and we will pray for you. There's a church here that will pray for you, that will encourage you. Why? Because we are all in this together. Amen. At the foot of the cross, we are all leveled. Amen. So if you do not know Jesus Christ today or if you've been backslidden, raise your hands and we will pray for you. Amen. And we're in no rush, brothers and sisters. Like I said, with the amount of football I watch, I could stay a little extra. Amen? There's no rush. So important that we come to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have uh, Heather sing a, a song. And I pray that that will be our prayer for today. Amen.